This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're enjoying this podcast in Manawatu, you could make your very own, just like this one. NPR exists to help people like you tell your story or share your passion on air and online. Check out npr.nz for more information. Kia ora, I'm Hugh and you're listening to my quasi-weekly podcast, Hugh's Featured Tracks. This is a look back at the tracks that I've featured over the last week or so of morning shows on the Manawatu People's Radio, Te Reo Irirangi Ongatangata Manawatu. Without further ado, let's hear the first of those tracks. We are done with new tracks for February. I do have the March compilation. Um, It is sitting in my inbox, but I have not had a chance to listen to it yet. Before that, here is a person that I never in a million years thought that I would be featuring a single from Paris Jackson. Uh, Yes, that Paris Jackson, daughter of Michael, uh, a guy who you may have heard of, briefly was given the title of something like King of Pop, something like that. Anyway, Paris Jackson has done just an enormous amount of stuff, as you would being Paris Jackson. I mean, you know, some some celebrity children uh, like to kind of live relatively modest lives and, and disappear into relative obscurity. Paris Jackson, however, has been a model, has been an actor, uh, has had something of a music career. She had a uh, duo called uh, The Soundflowers, um, which was a sort of like slightly twee folk thing, I think. She played ukulele and she she partnered with a guy who played guitar. Um, she released an album of her own under her own name in 2020, which was called Wilted, which was still in that kind of slightly twee indie pop sense. And um, the interesting thing, I suppose, is that none of uh, her music remotely gestures in the direction of the sort of pop that Michael Jackson was making, even kind of towards the end of his career and the end of his life, because he did, after all, change with the times. But, you know, not necessarily an unusual thing for someone with such a famous uh, parent to want to do to distinguish themselves. The reason that I am going to feature you a track from uh, Paris Jackson, though, is that she has released um, a series of non-album singles starting last year with tune called Lighthouse. She's since released another one called Just You, which I haven't managed to hear, and one this year called Band-Aid, which is quite new. I believe it even uh, came out maybe last month. It's, as I say, pretty new, and it sounds like nothing so much as like peak of their pop powers Nirvana, which is just fascinating because, you know, Nirvana were the band who 
managed to challenge Michael Jackson at his in his heyday uh, for kind of number one status. Uh, nobody else managed it. He was uh, completely unassailable at the top of the charts in throughout the eighties and, and early nineties. And so it's fascinating that of all of the retro aesthetics to pick from that that Paris has gone with this one. Also interesting, you know, the the, the slightly twee folk thing is not really my thing. I like folk, but I like it with a bit more of the dirt on it. And if you'll pardon me saying so, that's kind of a stereotypical choice of uh, of musical genre for someone who is also kind of a model and actor and looks the way that Paris Jackson looks. She's a very attractive person. Um, the choice to uh, to take things in this like retro and also much more aggressive uh, style, I find very interesting. And she has done a really creditable job of it. Uh, I think her performance here is convincing. The songwriting and construction really does harken back to that 90s era of of alt rock and grunge. There's a very particular thing which will be familiar if you're a guitar player about um, making choices of chord change based on which bar chords feel good to transition between. And it because those aren't always necessarily the ones that would be dictated by music theory, there's a very specific vibe to it, which will be familiar if you've uh, if you've ever tried to learn any of those songs from that particular period. Uh, anyway, enough of me talking. I just think that this is a fascinating song and I kind of like it, and I'm interested in whether she makes more music that sounds like this. Uh, here is Paris Jackson, not a difficult person to find if you want to uh, find this tune for your very own. Uh, this is called Band-Aid. You know I've spent a good few years just thinking, drinking about you. My head is
The March New Tracks compilation has arrived, so new New Zealand music it is, and we will kick off with something about which I know very little. Uh, so today's featured track comes from Aphrodisia. That's uh, a guess as to how it's supposed to be pronounced, but that's the most obvious joke, so that's what I'm going with. It's spelt Afro, as you would expect, then D-I-Z-J-H-A. Uh, it is the musical alter ego of one Diana Simumpande, uh, who describes herself as your friendly neighbourhood black girl on uh, Twitter. She is a Zambian North Island youth rep, amongst other things. Uh, there's not a lot of other information out there. Her primary social media is her Instagram, which, you know, because it's Instagram, is mostly just pictures. And uh, she does have a link tree on there, but that just links to the single that she has uh, and a TikTok, which... Again, I don't imagine will be hugely illustrative uh, just kind of by itself. The reason that I picked this track to feature, though, is firstly, I guessed, and it turns out I guessed correctly, that it's part of the musical influence that uh, African diaspora people are starting to have here in New Zealand music, um, which I find very interesting uh, and very rewarding to follow. Uh, there's some really interesting stuff coming out of there. Um, secondly, I just I just like the track. It's nice. Uh, it's um, really interesting, laid back hip hop um, R and B, and that's that was kind of all I wanted out of it. Uh, but there's a tantalizing mystery here now, uh, just in that I think we're going to see more from Aphrodisia, and uh, I look forward to it. We will see what that turns out to be. This is a uh, collaboration with someone who calls themselves uh, Smiler Trent, which is also not a person that you can find out very much about on the internet. We will find out more together, I am sure. Right now, here is Aphrodisia featuring Smiler Trent. This is from the March New Tracks compilation, so cheers to New Zealand on air for that. The song is called Fed. Mm. <laughs> 
continuing with new discoveries from the new tracks compilation for March, Neve String is not a person that I had come across before. However, she apparently made quite a splash at the glowing, uh, the Going Global Showcase uh, last year and toured around uh, a project called I Am The Ribbon. She is a, a young singer-songwriter from Otiputi Dunedin um, and she has commanded attention from people who know stuff about music to the point that she was actually invited by Shane Carter to be a member of Dimmer's recent touring band, which, you know, that's a that's a, a very particular kind of distinction because Shane Carter is a very particular kind of musician, um, much more about interesting vibes than um, being highly uh, technically proficient, I suppose you would say. Anyway, uh, she has a new single on the New Tracks compilation um, with her band. Uh, It was recorded, and this is another thing that I want to highlight, uh, recorded at uh, by Stephen Steadman, who I've uh, had a bit of contact with through various uh, folk music projects. He's uh, an audio engineer based in Dunedin, um, running, I think, the university's uh, recording studio, which is a, a very, very cool thing that they've just finished um just finished building uh, a couple of years ago, uh, recorded with uh, the supervision of uh, Sean Donnelly, better known as SJD. Um, This is, I mean, the term dream pop gets thrown around a bit and it's a term that's a bit difficult because it can describe something like this, which is very much something produced by uh, a band, but just with a very dreamy atmosphere. But it can also mean something which, you know, relies much more on, I guess, uh, pop production in the sense of like building a soundscape out of synths and samples. Um, This gets called that. I I would put it more in the kind of spacey indie indie rock vibe. Uh, there is a very cool video for this track as well. Now I don't have much information about the video, but this is my vibe on it. And vibe is a word I'm going to keep saying uh, in relation to this music because uh, it is intensely vibe heavy, but it features a lot of a particularly tangled looking kind of bush. Um, And I wonder if that's uh, the Queen's Belt in Dunedin, which um, has some very kind of dense and uh, and untracked bits uh, hidden away in there. Um, and it is very atmospheric setting for this kind of fairy tale music video where Neve wanders into the forest and encounters all of these fantastical characters. Anyway, 
Uh, let's just play the song so that uh, you can hear what I'm talking about. You can find uh, all of Neve Strang's stuff on Bandcamp. Neve is spelt N-E-I-V-E, and Strang is spelt the way you'd expect to be spelling Strang. Nevestrang.bandcamp.com is what you want. Uh, you can get all of her various stuff there. This song is called Living in Two. Do I even want this? 
so much shit here to dress. Do I even want this? I've talked a bit about how interesting I find the music from New Zealand's diaspora communities. Um, of course, there's been like a strong uh, Māori and Pacific influence in New Zealand music for a long time, but we're starting to see influences from other diaspora communities or musicians from those diaspora communities who are making music, uh, which even just like artistically in terms of where they get their influences from borrows from from those kind of uh, ethnic cultural influences. So today's featured track is uh, from the New Tracks compilation, and it's interesting for a couple of reasons. Firstly, uh, this is by a guy who calls himself the AJ Sound, um, who is of Indian descent, and uh, Indian pop music is kind of well known as a vibe i think most people are probably familiar with like the general sound of like indie uh indian film music um there's a lot of that around and it's it's almost like stereotyped in in some ways uh for some people i think but it's not really a a big component of new zealand's music scene as yet and this is this is the second reason that this is interesting. This is something that the AJ Sound, uh, his first name is Arjun, um, actually specifically addresses and, and wants to deal with. He has kind of a mission, um, which he lays out on his website, theajsound.com. He says, why is it that India has a population of 1.7 billion plus across the globe, but not a single artist consistently in the global top 50? Why is it that amazing talent all around us cannot flourish and thrive, but instead are judged in society and limited by our constraints? And I think it's really interesting to to encounter a pop artist who's like, firstly, who has a stated goal in this way, but secondly, whose stated goal is like this style of music is not sufficiently globally appreciated and I am going to fix that. I want to bring it to the world and uh, and you know make I pop Indian pop something that is as recognizable as K pop or or reggaeton, the the Spanish uh, language reggae influenced music. So uh, he has a single on his on the new tracks compilation for March. Uh, he is also uh, a guy who works as like a producer, um, a podcaster. Uh, so you know, if you want a touch of uh, of iPop magic in your music, the AJSounds.com is the place to go, and he will sort you out. I am sure. Um, the song itself is, I mean, look, the thing that that drew me in initially was going, this is 
this is in an Indian language. I, I, I'm not knowledgeable enough to tell you which, but it's definitely not English. Not necessarily a song that I would have been drawn to outside of that extra level of interest, if I'm completely honest. But as far as like really produced pop goes, this is a very, very tidy example of the form. And if you're interested, the AJ Sound also has a YouTube channel um, and he's very kindly put up a lyric video for this song in particular. So you get like a, a running English translation of the bits that are not in English, which I mean lets you know that this song is like straightforward romantic pop about like with what just one look I am yours I've been thinking about you all night your smile has captured me all that kind of stuff um but look this is pop music pop music is like eternal for a reason it doesn't necessarily have to be groundbreaking in theme if it's doing something else interesting and I think that that making this kind of thing with, as I say, that very specific and very like uh, interesting goal of of bringing this particular cultural influence to global attention is interesting enough to merit inclusion here. So this is the AJ Sound with uh, the single from the Nutrix compilation for March. If you want to know more about the AJ Sound, theajsound.com is the place to go. This song is called Terry Hasi.
signs of progress I think in the way that our uh, pop music sphere operates is that our you know um, pop music funding compilation the uh, new tracks compilation regularly features at least a couple of tracks in Te Reo Māori uh, every month and I always try to feature those when I can because uh I'm interested in the way that music in Te Reo Māori is developing. There's, there was definitely a point when I started doing this job, which is like too long ago now. <laughs> but like when I started doing this job, there was a separate infrastructure for music in Te Reo Māori. And also there was, there was a sound to it often that put it kind of outside the mainstream. Um, but more and more what I'm seeing is that uh, stuff will drop and it will be either in Te Reo or it'll be in English and Te Reo, which I think is cool because I think, you know, one of the things that uh, healthy um, like language cultures do is is find a way to operate and function inside the mainstream culture and that's like – that's where you get like Spanglish and uh, Chinglish and all of these different kind of variants where people will switch back and forth between English and, and their other language depending on like what best meets their needs. Um, there's a complete digression. Um, Salman Rushdie in the book The Moor's Last uh, Sigh comes up with an acronym um, Hug Me, which is for like the – five different uh, Indian languages that, that the narrator and his friend are, are switching between in the course of a conversation, just because that's the kind of place that the Indian subcontinent is. However, what we're talking about today is music in Te Reo Māori. This track comes from Nessie O. Now, Nessie O is not an easy person to find a huge amount uh, out about Um because her primary uh, social media is Instagram, so you get lots of pictures, but you don't uh, get as much like information about what this person is doing and why they're doing it. Um, and there's not really much in the way of like press releases or anything like that at this point anyway. However, however, uh, if you go and find uh, this song, which is called uh, Kite Ao Marama, um, which we will get to in a second, I promise, uh, then you can kind of find your way into her socials that way. Um, you know, the, the public facing stuff. I'm obviously not suggesting that you be a skis, uh, should you ever consider doing so. Like, don't. Um, but what you find then is, is someone who's kind of uh, putting some effort into embracing a Māori identity. And this song uh, embodies that in what I think is another interesting uh, facet of modern music in Te Reo Māori, which is that I'm also starting to see more and more stuff which is is referencing like a, 
a pre-colonial or an idea of a pre-colonial cultural and spiritual context. So talking about uh, deities like um, Tangaroa and Tafirimatia, um, and and using those concepts as a way to to express ideas that you have about the physical world that we live in. And I think that's really interesting, I think, because um, Māori, like all colonised communities, particularly those in this part of the world, got missionaried pretty hard. Um, but seeing people begin to pick that stuff up again and find ways to use it in ways that's meaningful to them, I think that's really interesting. And that's why every time music comes through in Te Reo Māori, I always feature it. Anyway, you can find this song on all of the streaming platforms. Nessie O is, uh, Nessie is spelled N-E-S-S-I-E, O is O-H. The song is called Kite Ao Marama. Uh, I will play it for you right now. I'm alive and I breathe the air Oh, 
You've been listening to Hughes Featured Tracks, a quasi-weekly podcast put together from the tracks that I've featured over the last week or so of morning shows on Manawatu People's Radio, Te Reo Irirangi Ongatangata or Manawatu. If you'd like to listen to the backlog of episodes for this podcast, you can find them along with all of our other locally made shows at our website, www.npr.nz. If you enjoy this NPR podcast, please consider subscribing. Our podcasts are available on all major podcasting platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify, as well as the accessmedia.nz app. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.